I don't know about y'all, let me know how you feel. But I love the new trend of grambling, pulling out cars onto the field. People have adopted it, but that's grambling's thing. Grambling, pulling cars onto the field and letting the recruits take a picture with it, I just think it's so smart. And that's what we're going to discuss today, including some basketball news. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day day and remember just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over it just means it's time to follow me on twitter at south exclusive don't forget the s on the end if you're on the audio side of things and i personally love yes i said it i personally love this new trend that grambling has started of pulling the cars out on the field and letting the recruits take a picture of it we're in a day and age where visuals matter more than ever we're in the day and age of social media and i think that this trend fits perfectly within this day and age it's flashy. It makes the team look cool. It makes the university look look flashy just to, to say it again. You know, and I know that Hugh Jackson got some, uh, I don't, don't want to call it backlash. I don't think that's exactly, that's a little too extreme, but I'll call it uh, some, they, they, he got some ridicule. There we go. He got some laughs. You know, people were laughing at him when it happened. And I'll admit, I did think the belt on the emblem was a tad bit too much. I thought it was a little bit of a try hard flex. But look at what it's created. Look at what it look at what has spawned from this. People laughed. The coaches didn't laugh. They saw the value in it way more than they saw the laugh of some people on social media. Cause I did see more laughs than I saw love when this first happened. I did. I think people like, why we gotta be flashy? Why are we putting cars on the field? And that, it's new. We're gonna talk about that in a little bit, but it's new. Um, and I didn't see anybody do it before Grambling. Grambling is the first person I've seen do it. So I'm going to say Grambling started this trend. I even seen La Tech do it. I done seen about three, four HBCUs do it, but now I done seen La Tech do it. I think La Tech tried to, like, they tried to play like they were the originators of it. And I ain't going to lie to you. They probably will get away with it with 80% of recruits because 80% of, you know, you just got to miss Grambling. If you miss past the HBCUs, it's the first PWI I've seen do it. So whatever but this is grambling's trend they started this this is where it came from in my opinion and and listen i love it i've said it before i said again i love this and it kind of reminds me of of last year when brian kelly first got to lsu not when he did his accent at his introductory speech at the basketball game but when he had the videos with the recruits who were going in a circle that's what this reminds me of because when that happened a lot of people were laughing at brian kelly but all the athletes were laughing with Brian Kelly. And I think that's the same thing here. Anybody who was laughing at Grambling and Hugh Jackson when they pulled the car out on the field, trust me, the athletes didn't think it was funny. And that way, they weren't laughing at him like, look at this goofy. No. <laughs> like, what they saw was, oh, you got the car out there? I want to take that picture. And all it takes is one person, another person, another person. Now it's a cycle. Now this is what you do. So I'm not saying 
that, oh, they're about to be national champions now because of this, or, or they're going to go to the SWAC championship because of this. But I think it's dope. And I think there's two potential problems that people could have with this trend. And one is this is kind of geared towards the social, I mean, to the older generation and no disrespect. But I think that they have a problem with the relationship that my generation has with social media. And I get it. Sometimes we can be absorbed with it. I completely understand. But this isn't about people just scrolling on their phone. This is about marketing and recruiting. So you have to understand this is way more strategic than just casual. So this is a different ballpark. But I, at the same time, I still understand it because this is so far removed from how things used to be. Not even 15 years ago. I'm talking about when I went to school in 2016, social media was big, but it wasn't as married to college athletics as it is today. You, I don't think you would have seen posts like this seven years ago when I went to school. I just don't think that would have that would have been the case, you know. So. Times change, times evolve, but you can't be the person who just sits back and says, oh, we're not doing this because that's not how we used to do it. I seen Buddy Pugh do it, man. And I don't want to hear about generation to generation. I don't want to hear it at all. And I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was great. And this right here is just another one. And I'm going to focus specifically on the HBCU realm. This trend is just another one in the line of HBCUs creating social media geared content. When I was in school, Texas Southern had the hashtag sauce you. Things have evolved since then. We have pictures and videos and things like this. But you see Tennessee State, they have their backdrop that they have recruits come in and take pictures on to kind of celebrate and show they went on a visit. You look at FAMU, they had the throne. I thought that was great. And I talked about that a couple of times on the show. And now Grambling has started, started a trend that multiple schools have adopted, including La Tech. It's definitely made waves. And that's pulling cars out on the field and having recruits take pictures. I love this trend. I've said it before. It makes the school look flashy. It makes it look good. And matter of fact, it gains traction. I'm not here to say that it's going to get you the best recruits in the world, but everything doesn't need to be a game changer. And that brings me to my second problem. I think some people would have. They don't want to have no fun. Football is a physical sport. It's a very serious sport at some times, but it doesn't have to always be a serious sport. People hate calling the NFL the no fun league or they hate that the NFL is the no fun league and they use that to make fun of them. But a lot of people carry that attitude to football of all levels. Football is a game. Football is sport. You're going to have uh, 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 you're going to have showmans, right? You're going to have or have people who have showmanship. You're going to have people who have personalities. They're going to show it on the field. These things are fun. Don't handicap schools by restricting them of having a good time. That's all that's happening here. Grambling is having a good time. I love it. Grambling started this trend to me, so I'm going to continue to say Grambling, but I, I don't see the problem. Let me know how you feel. I would love to know if people are with it or people are against it. Just let me know what you think in the comments below or y'all at me on Twitter. I had a couple of people tweet me back and forth recently. I love it. I love talking to y'all. So if you want to tweet me on Twitter, y'all see it right there on the bottom of the screen. South exclusive. Don't forget the yes on the end if you're on the audio side of things. Y'all know the drill. Or you can just drop it in the comments below. You let me know, man. But going forward, we're going to switch gears and we're going to talk about Virginia Union who just knocked off Virginia State and gave them their first loss of the season in CIAA play. Before we get into that today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online is the number one place for all of your sports wagering that provides you with the best odds props and lines of all of these websites i've been to them there's not anyone who has a finger or who can lay a finger on bet online i love them because they are so versatile of course we're in the middle of the nfl playoffs and that's what a lot of people are putting their money down on but some people ain't really football heads like that some people like basketball some people like baseball some people like hockey some people just like combat sports and you're gonna have a really good pay-per-view this weekend if you like any of those sports they're all there on bet online 
They have anything you could possibly want. You name it, they got it, including esports. So they have anything you could bet on. They have the best odds. I don't understand why you would not go there, right? That's the only one. That's the only place that I put my money down on, and that's Bet Online. You can use it anywhere in all fifty states. So make sure you get active on Bet Online, where the game starts. Continue rolling with today's episode of Locked on HBCU. I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day, every single day. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out Locked on College Basketball, which is everything you need around the sport that you love in one place. And you can get it wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Locked on College Basketball. And I want to go ahead and talk a little bit of CBB. Let's talk about Virginia Union versus Virginia State. And they give them their first loss of the season. Virginia State's first lost loss of the season. And the CAA, CIAA is a conference where... Man, it's really stacked. And you got four teams who have less than two losses coming into the weekend. One of those teams had no losses. That was Virginia State. Virginia Union ain't really like that. It said, you got to come down here with the rest of us. You know, you got to come down here and get a loss too. You can't be up there in your little penthouse above all the doctors and lawyers trying to get in the, in the truth. Sorry. Oh, I was watching Power, a clip from Power earlier. I just felt like that was the, the proper time to say it. But, you let, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, let's keep, let's keep pushing. Let's not worry about this. Where was I? Um, but yes, Virginia Union took that away and they put up more points than most people put on Virginia State. And that's really the difference. It wasn't a low scoring game. It was the fact that state just couldn't really stop Union. And that's kind of a trend in the last two games. In the last two games, Virginia State has let up a lot of points. They let up over 80 points to uh, to Johnson C. Smith. That's the most they've let up in all year in conference play. They don't allow 80 points often. Then you look at this next game, which is just a couple of days later. And now you're playing Virginia Union. You let up 77 points. And now it's you're getting to a trend, which is, that's the second most that they've allowed. You scored 69. And if you score 69 points in all your other games, you win Virginia State. And you look at Virginia State's record. In all of the other games that they played in conference play, 69 would have been enough to get you by. But now, you look at these last two, you would have lost both of these games. Luckily, you were able to outpace Johnson C. Smith. But you didn't have that same luck when it came to Virginia Union. You weren't able to, to knock down the buckets you wanted to because you only you didn't cross the 70-point threshold. And that's okay in other games, like I said, but not this one. Not when Virginia Union is getting buckets like this. It doesn't work. So if you have something you want to be concerned about, a team who only has one loss, you have to be concerned that, okay, is this going to be a trend or is this just a, a two-game aberration when you allow this many points? And also, if you are going to allow this many points, we've seen a Virginia State offense score. So it's not as if oh, well, they just they get by on their defense and if they have to get in a shootout, they're lucky. No, we know they can score. They can put up points. So you have to ask, is my defense going to improve or get back? I don't even say improve. Is it going to snap back? Or is my offense just going to continue to rack up points and we're going to have to be a more high-scoring team? That's what you're going to have to ask because when you have one loss, it's like, okay, I know we only played about six, seven games in conference plates. You only got one loss. Let's try to learn something from the L. That's, that's what I'm looking at when it's something like that. You don't want to act like the sky is falling, but at the same time, you don't want to act like nothing happened. So if you want to try to improve somewhere on that point, that's what you would do. But you look at um, you look at Coach Butler from Virginia Union. He, Virginia Union, he was talking about his one-two punch of Robbie and Khalif. That's Robert Osborne and then Khalif Tate. Robert Osborne is on the inside. Khalif Tate's on the outside. That's exactly how he, how he, uh, how he phrased it. So you got threes from Khalif Tate. That's actually how he said it. But that's exactly what happened in this game. 
You look at Robert Osborne, game high, 27 points, 20 shots, not a single three attempt. You know, you went five from nine from the line. Inside presence. Sounds about right. Sounds like what Coach Butler explained. That makes sense. Then you look at Khalif, three from three of seven from three-point range, ended up with 17 total points. Sounds about what he said. So these things line up, and he was talking about how when they're on point, they're going to be a tough team to beat, and how can you disagree with that? You look at Robert Osborne, if you got somebody dropping 27, another person dropping 17, you just got to have the rest of the team live up to what you're doing. That's it. And I think that's what happened today. You had other teams, who, other players, excuse me, who were able to chime in, and they did enough for them to put up 77 points, for them to get by Virginia State. And now you're looking at a situation where Virginia State is only one game away from Virginia Union. So they ain't got much room for error. Had you won this game, Virginia Union would have been three games back. You wouldn't have to really worry about them. They don't play again until the last game of the season. But this is a, that would have been a much more favorable position. Now you lose one game and you tie. You tie, you lose, you know, or you're behind because you don't play them until the end. That, that's, that's really the difference here. Virginia State is still number one. They still only have one loss. The sky is not falling, but you do have to at least evaluate some things. So sometimes losses are the times to, you know, just be like, okay, there's a lot of, it's not football. There's a lot of games, but you want to take something from this. And that's my, that's my spiel on it. But going forward, we're going to switch gears back to football. We're going to talk about Jalen Jones because he's headed to Charlotte, not the Panthers, but he's headed to Charlotte, University of Charlotte. And this is a this is a story that kind of interests me a little bit because he's been a lot of places. And I didn't see this happen. I didn't see this turn happen. I'll tell you why as we continue with Locked on HBCU. As wrapping up the show, we're going to be talking about Jalen Jones. And he's headed to Charlotte in kind of a long story. But he's coming out of high school. High school recruit, high ranking, one of the top 10 players as a dual threat quarterback, depending on who you're looking at. Out of Virginia, he goes to Florida. Early enrollees, so he's trying to get ahead of the game. He's trying to beat her for spring practice. But then he runs into legal issues that get him, he leaves, he tra he transfers. Um, I don't know the status of that case. I don't, I don't know what happened with it. But he ran into legal issues that led to him leaving Florida, right? Excuse me. So um, he leaves Florida. But he was a true freshman. He, he, he arrived early on campus, so he's a true freshman. He goes to Jackson State. He goes to Jackson State, he plays, but he doesn't start until late in the season, until like the last three games, I believe. But he gets in, he throws a couple passes here and there, and ends up totaling up to about 110 passes, which is about 10 passes a game. But you don't really see consistent action from him, so you see a little bit of inconsistency. You don't really, I don't really want to judge him, but he was able to throw the ball, he was able to run the ball. He had decent numbers when he was at Jackson State. But that was in 2019. What happens in 2020? Not only the pandemic hits in 2020, but Jackson State also gets a new head coach. So Deion Sanders comes in. When Deion Sanders comes in, we already know who's coming after him. Shador, he's bringing his, his, his son to Jackson State. We all know that. So there's no real room anymore for Jalen Jones. Then after that, he leaves to go to a junior college. He stays within Mississippi, but he goes to the JUCO route because, remember, he came from Florida, but... He didn't even play at Florida. He, even, he didn't even have a, a football season that he was at Florida's campus. He was only there for the spring as an, an early enrollee. So now he's a true freshman. He goes and he can go to the JUCO route because now he's just a sophomore. And <clears throat> he goes he goes as a sophomore to the junior college. Then he comes to Bethune-Cookman. 
And when he comes to Bethune-Cookman, he's returned to the swag. People ask him, hey, is this a return, a revenge game against Jackson State when they play? He says, no, not really. I only say that to say he's going against light competition. But at Bethune-Cookman, I wasn't that impressed with their offense this year. I wasn't that impressed with the, uh, with the quarterback play. I thought he had his moments, but at the same time, his inconsistent play to me was something I think reflected how his growth was stunted. But stunted or not, his performance is his performance. And a lot of times you see players, they go crazy. They ball on the FBS on the FCS level, and then they move up to the FBS. I didn't feel like he balled like that to move up to the FBS level. But here he is at Charlotte. He's not guaranteed a quarterback position. The starting quarterback from last year was a redshirt senior, so he's out of here. There were some other quarterbacks. I don't know if they entered the portal or whatnot or what the status at Charlotte is, but he should be in a quarterback battle for that position. It was just interesting because I just didn't see that coming. If he would have left Bethune-Cookman, you couldn't have told me that he was going to move up to the FBS level. That just was, that's not what I thought was going to happen. That wasn't in the cards that I thought was going to be dealt. But here's the thing. I want to talk about how you stunted because that's what makes this so interesting is because I think he was continuously stunted. Some by himself, some by forces that he couldn't control. But you look at Florida. High-ranking recruit goes to Florida. Didn't even get a chance to see what he could be in Florida. Didn't even get that opportunity. All right, now he comes to Jackson State. He doesn't play at the beginning of the season. At the end, he starts starting. But then they get a new coach. And when he gets a new coach, you know his quarterback's coming because the quarterback is his son. Says, all right, go ahead and leave. Go to the JUCO route. So now you, you are already at three schools in two years. Go to the JUCO route. You can't stay at the JUCO long. You already had your freshman season, so you're done. You got one year at the JUCO. Then you come to Bethune-Cookman. You're only one year at Bethune-Cookman. So now, because now they get a new coach. And now you're going to Charlotte. So now you're back on the FBS level where you started originally, but you haven't been at a single school for more than a year. Semester at Florida. Year at Jackson State. Year at junior college. Year at Bethune-Cookman. Now you're going to be going to Charlotte. You're only going to be there for a year. There's so many new schools. That's five schools in, five, in four years. Or five years, I think, because of the pandemic. But this is just such a, a this the story fascinated me just because of this reason. So that's just something I wanted to talk about. And I see so many other networks talking about when their players leave. So I just wanted to, you know, chime in and say hey, Jalen Jones is leaving. He's going to Charlotte. And we haven't I haven't talked about Jalen Jones as much. I would have done this with a guy like Bashul Tootin, but I talked about Bashul Tootin so much. I could just put up a tweet and say Bashul Tootin is gone. Like, that's all I need to say. And North Carolina and had a mass exodus, so I was able to talk about them as a group. But Jalen Jones is just a guy who left from Bethune-Cookman and is going to Charlotte. I thought, you know, let's just, I might do that every now and then. I'm not going to do it every time somebody leaves. But every now and then, I might come up and talk about how this player went there or this player is doing this and how this, you know, that's just things I might talk about. But Bethune-Cookman has a new head coach, Ed Reed. He was on Instagram Live last night recruiting. I was watching it. Part of the reason this episode is getting out so late probably because uh, I was too busy watching his Instagram Live and him recruiting. But it is what it is. So I appreciate y'all for making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen. Check out Locked On College Basketball on tomorrow's episode. We're going to be talking about new University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff head coach because he had his introductory press conference. And we're going to see exactly what he said after I get off of here and edit. I'm going to go listen and tap into that. So until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Oh, in the meantime, in between time, actually, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. I almost forgot. Now, until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.